Hey guys, welcome to Facebook Live. This is the Valerie V Show, and we are live today with Aaron Markham from Home Care Pulse. And Aaron's been around the block for a really long time. Maybe not as long as me, but he's been around the block a while. So, and right. he can't see anything right now. Believe it or not, he's he's. This is another one of those tech issue days, but it's not as bad as yesterday. So we're good. We're, we're going to be fine here. He's looking at a little hole in his camera and hoping that he can hear me still and all that. I can hear you fine. And I'll just, I'm not going to move much from side to side. And that's hard for me. I, I'm a mover. <laughs> okay. Don't move. But uh, here's what we want you to do, Aaron. I know that I know who you are and what you do. And the rest of many of the people that are watching or going to watch this replay will know, but some will not. So right. why don't you give us a, a little roundup of what Home Care Pulse is and what they do. And then I'll ask these questions that you so kindly presented to us. Right. So let me just uh, take a little bit further back than that. I'm a former home care owner. I had my own home care agency. That's what Valerie was saying. I've been around for a long time. I started in the, you know, around Y2K is when I started my uh, my home care agency. And from that experience, saw some, the need for data, uh, satisfaction data in particular. We're, we're also very well known for our, our annual benchmarking studies at Home Care Pulse. But around 2005, I, I, I got the idea of doing satisfaction management for the home care industry and because that's what I needed for my own home care company. And based upon that idea, just kind of formulated in 2008, it made it official. 2009, we brought on our first customers. And our focus at Home Care Pulse is satisfaction. We measure client and caregiver satisfaction for over 1,600 home care providers throughout the country some in Canada as well. And uh, and we provide monthly, it's a monthly program where we're measuring on a monthly basis to get you consistent trending and feedback from your clients and your caregivers uh, so that you can analyze the data, uh, find your promoters, grow your referral base. There's just so many benefits from our program when it comes to growing your company, decreasing caregiver turnover, um, having proof of quality. We have our best of home care awards. We started in 2010 kind of the J.D. Powers of home care, uh, where they focus on the auto industry. We're focused on home care and really driving uh, performance among home care providers. And so we work with some amazing home care companies throughout the country who are, are focused on quality of care. And then the other the other side of our, our business, they, they connect, they, they overlap a bit, is our home care benchmarking study. We're, we're very well known for the data in the industry where we measure sales, marketing, financials, um, recruitment and retention, all those key indicators as well as satisfaction that we include in this annual home care benchmarking study. And it really, to me, it's like the Bible for the industry. It, it, it has an amazing amount of data and benchmarks, nearly 200 pages of just quality, good information. And we're in our ninth edition uh, this year, wow. and our our partners, the Home Care Association of America, they've partnered with us for the last nine years, ever since the first edition. Um, so we're proud of that fact, and they continue to be a great uh, partner and endorse that study every year. So that's uh, that's Home Care Pulse in a nutshell. Um, there's so much more, but I'll I'll spare you the the no, real nitty gritty details, but. And, and just so everybody knows, if you want to learn more about pricing or you want to know more about the study or how you can participate 
or whatever it is you want to learn, homecarepulse.com. Real easy. Yes. Just go there and you can find all that information. And I Absolutely. love that benchmarking study. I love it. It's, it's, Thank you. It's so insightful as to what people are expecting versus experiencing versus using, especially for me in the marketing area. I love reading that. So Yeah, yeah. Great. So let's talk about um, when people, when, when you have an agency subscribe to your services or start services, what's the most common thing they learn when they start getting client and caregiver feedback from Home Care Pulse? You know, I think the most common thing, that's a great question. Um, the most common thing is they, they find out they, they, they thought they knew what was going on in their business, but they're surprised to find out both good and bad. I'm not just saying just negative things. They find out that, that way what we're doing better than we thought we were in some cases, in some cases they go, Oh wow. I didn't know that client felt that way. So they, it's more of a surprise of, wow, I, I didn't realize that this is, that this was going on. And they start, especially as they go in the first, by the sixth month, they're, they're able to identify trends Mm-hmm. And they start seeing those trends and going, okay, this is where we need to improve. Our caregiver caregivers want to be recognized more, mm-hmm. and we're not recognizing them enough. Or on the client side, we're not communicating from the office. That's actually we we score that um, the uh, the caregiver. I think my light just uh, the caregivers um, on the caregiver side. We score you know recognition, all those things on the client side. Communication from the provider is an important area in which we we rate so that's good you know what um, we 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 harp on our clients at ltc to give us more content and and i pound on them about it anyway but one of the things that we recommend is caregiver of the month so, or some recognition program and people yeah. say oh it's hokey pokey no it's not no it's not no it, it, it actually it's it helps two things number one your caregiver feels appreciated and number two your community understands that you have caregivers worth appreciating, which so all the way around, that makes a whole lot of sense. It really does help. Um, So I'm glad to hear you say that. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I think none of us know enough about our, you know, we, we hope everything's good, but we're probably like, I don't know. And so this is great. And, And everyone that we have as clients that also use home care pulse um, rave about it. They love it. And, and because yeah. we're, the, we're often the web developer, we're putting all those awards on their website every year. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. So you're, we do a lot it, of that. Yeah. And, and you know what we find, too, is that, is that um, when they're looking at this feedback and they're making those connections, they can get in a proactive mode rather than a reactive mode. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they can enhance that client experience like they never were able to do before. They're getting the actual perceptions of their clients. And so it's, it's a powerful resource. It really is when it comes to making sure that they can. They're not always waiting for those phone calls, you know, that they're right. being proactive. Yeah, and and people will tell us things that they normally won't tell their provider because we're a third party. We're we're detached from that. They they feel like they can be a little bit more open. And so we're getting some really feedback is a big thing for us. If a score by itself doesn't tell you a a whole lot, it's only half the story. And so feedback really tells you why they scored you a certain way. And so we do both. Sure, uh, absolutely. So when your customers who are using Home Care Pulse, when they get that caregiver feedback um, and client feedback, how are they leveraging that? How else can they use it? You know, 
there's a lot of ways. Um, one of the one of the best ways, and I, I shout from the rooftops on this one, is that identify your promoters. The program really helps bring out who are your promoters, so you can focus on more. Um, those promoters and, and connect with them for referrals and so forth. And just that we find that that if you can focus the majority of your time, 60%, 70% of your time on, on promoters, you create more promoters <laughs> through referrals, through um, your, your referral sources like hospitals and so forth get wind of that through the clients that they're, that you're sharing them with. Mm-hmm. Um, that gets around. It's a powerful, and the, and the data for the last nine years has proven this. The number one referral source, number one revenue generator are clients. Yep. And so that's uh, your own existing or past clients that are they're happy. So promoters, leveraging those promoters that you are able to identify, and otherwise really hard to identify if you're trying to do that yourself and, and very difficult. The other thing is, is, uh, is trends, I mentioned that before, is that trending, you know, are we, where are we improving you know, our, our, our new initiatives uh, that we've put in place, are they making a difference? And you can see from the client perspective or the caregiver perspective that they are. Say you put in a new caregiver mentor program, which is something we advocate here at Home Care Pulse too, is that early on onboarding these caregivers and this is a new process, a new system, and you want that feedback and you want to know what's going on. Well, this is you know, our program helps you understand, okay, are these things working? Are they not? So leveraging the feedback, the data, um, the, the trending data, the benchmarking data in, in every way possible. Another great way to leverage it is just to sit down with your team every month and go through and, and you can identify all your promoters and we call them passives, those who are, are um, on a scale of one to 10, uh, likely to recommend services, you know, say they say a seven and eight, those are passes to us. They're not a nine and a 10. They're just kind of, you know, services are great. They're fine. I'm not blown away by them, but you know, that kind of client. And then you've got your detractors. Those are your really unhappy clients. And it's important to know who they are because they're the oh, ones yeah. really, your prom- promoters are fine. They're happy. They're not out there advocating as much. That's why you have to have a referral campaign in place for them. But your detractors, they're a lot more willing to open their mouths. And so oh, you've got, yes. <laughs> you've got to, to understand who they are and, and leveraging that feedback and that data. And we have uh, reports that help them identify who their detractors are and their promoters are. We have a full report that just lays that all out for them. Um, so, you know, there's there's many ways to leverage this information. Yes. And when those caregivers, especially if they're detractors, they are of the demographic and age group where they know how to go on Google. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Where some of our older folks are not as web savvy, perhaps your caregiver, yeah. your client, your caregivers are very web savvy or they can figure yeah. out how to be really quick. So, Absolutely. They'll go to Glassdoor, whatever it might oh, be, and, and, and shout from the rooftops there. And so it's important to we, – we have what's called our caregiver engagement score. It's similar to the net promoter score where, you, where it's based upon the highly recommend. I know that some people don't know what the net promoter is, but basically it's a scoring system based upon whether they're going to recommend services. Well, we have the similar kind of calculation or scoring with caregivers to, um, based upon whether or not they're going to recommend employment. And we measure that in our program, and and that gives you great information on 
Are your caregivers engaged? What are the areas that you can work on to help them stay engaged so that they become loyal fans and recommend more caregivers? We find A-plus caregivers, you usually know other A-plus caregivers, and you're going to get more of that through like an employee referral program. So it all ties together. So, yeah, Yeah. so those are great ways to leverage that. So let's talk about the benchmarking study for a minute because that is one of your claims to fame and something I look forward to seeing um, every year. So how would you summarize what sets a successful home care business apart from the others? You know, good question. Um, I would say the number one thing, and, and this, again, ties to satisfaction, but it also ties to so many other things, is the client experience. And when I say the client experience, I'm not just talking about when they start services. I'm talking about when they call in and inquire about your services. That's where that experience, even actually it even starts before that, their first introduction to your agency, whether it be through a referral partner that you're working with, how much did that referral partner communicate to them about your agency, what sets you apart. You want them to be your advocates. It starts there and then it trickles down through when they start services, Every little um, thing that you're giving as far as the, the experience, it, it's, it's the invoice. You know, if your invoices are hard to read, they may become a disgruntled client just over your invoices. When they're talking mm-hmm. to a family family or friend, uh, they, uh, they may say something in the lines of, I can't understand their invoices. And that family or friend may not use your services because of that. So there's, there's the, the client experience, I think, is is you look at not just the satisfaction section of the benchmarking study, but you look at the whole picture of sales and marketing operations, recruitment and retention. I mean, really the client experience is directly correlated with the, with the caregiver experience. Your ha- happy caregiver is a happy client. And so I think if you peel the onion back with all the data that we, that we provide in the benchmarking study and you look at that data as a whole, it really comes back to the client experience. It really comes back to providing that ultimate experience, setting your agency apart. And I think that, you know, sales per full-time employee is a, is a, is a measurement that we, that we um, rate. And a lot of people will say, well, what does that have to do with the client experience? Well, it has a, a lot to do with it because it helps you evaluate whether you're understaffed or you're overstaffed. And if you're understaffed, that's going to affect the client experience. And so every, every one of these data points connect back to that. So if you look at all the data as a whole and you say, okay, how can we use this data to help improve the client experience? Then you are creating a competitive edge. Then you're, 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 you, I think you'll get the full picture better if you pr- approach it from that direction, you know, from the client experience direction on data. Because what good is data if you can't apply it and you're not Right. You know, I think the client experience also connects to our why as home care owners. Um, and I say, as you know, because um, I used to be one, I understand that, that my why was I wanted to serve others. I wanted to provide a, a wonderful service. And that was that was the foremost thing in my mind. And how can I use data to leverage that? And uh, it starts in so many aspects. Your inquiry, there's a, a measurement that we calculate inquiry to, a, to admission ratio. So that's the percentage of inquiries that actually become clients. Mm-hmm. And if you take that and you're measuring that closely, you're going to improve how your intake process is, what's happening there, how your assessments are going and what you're doing in your assessments, and then you know bringing them on board as a client. 
those all connect and it's all about the client experience anyway that was a long answer but hopefully no, that it, you know that what it, bringing it all together whether you're new in the business or old in the business understanding how a service like yours can really give a good picture of the little process improvements that can take place and uh, to help the whole business scale mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. become more successful even if you already are successful become more successful because you're making small improvements in these little pieces that are so important to your clients and to your caregivers so that's a right. great answer um so let's Thank talk you. about let's talk about caregivers for a minute this is the roughest part, I mean, right. I think, of home care in general is staffing. So the median caregiver turnover for the industry continues to go up. We see that all the time. So if you were starting another home care business today, what would you do to prevent <laughs> or reduce turnover and why? You know, I, I know that sounds like a scary proposition, those who are starting today. But man, there's we didn't, ha- we didn't have the data back in 2002 when I started. And, and uh, there's some... There's some things you can certainly leverage, not just starting, but, you know, currently running. And we have an acronym that we've kind of attached ourselves to here at Home Care Pulse called STAE, and it's S-T-A-E. We kind of Mm -hmm. took some liberties with that E, but uh, to really, how do you get your caregivers to stay? You know, the number one threat in the industry, and the benchmarking study shows this, for the last, we've been tracking the threats for, I think, four years now, five years maybe, and it's been caregiver shortages, yeah. you know, recruiting enough caregivers. And the problem, or the reason turnover is happening, is that when when if we're not doing those little things and keeping the caregivers, we're constantly out there looking for new caregivers and struggling finding those new caregivers. And it's just a cycle, you know, that cycle just continues. But if you can, the acronym STAY stands for support. S is for support. The T is for training. The A is for appreciation or being appreciated. And then the E is engagement, keeping them engaged. And so Mm -hmm. the support side of it is that first 90 days. If you look at at the data, and I can't remember what page this is on. I could look it up here on the benchmarking study. but And we actually measure this within our satisfaction program because we track uh, termination um, and higher dates within our, our satisfaction program. And, and so based upon that data, we looked at all the caregivers who left in the last 12 months, basically 2017. And, and when, at what moment in time did they leave or were terminated? Either way, in the first three months, 50, I think it's 57% left in the first three months. Yeah. And so if you can help them feel supported early on, 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 on the way that, that you're connecting with the, with the why um, and and connecting, like even in the orientation, they're understanding what the expectations are. You're giving them uh, your why and making sure that's connected in the interview process, making sure they're just not looking for a job. See, we have to, and I know this is tough. This is, for some people, it's like we just need to get a warm body or a caregiver yeah. to take care of this client. Well, the yeah. problem with that is that as soon as that caregiver leaves within the first 90 days and it's guaranteed that that type of caregiver, not guaranteed, but pretty sure that caregiver is going to leave in the first 90 days you're back out there looking for another caregiver you're another spending so much time figuring trying to, to fill those shifts Michael. if we can just get yeah get it done right up front and and even if we have to be extremely selective which i think we should be 
um, and the caregivers that we hire, they're going to stay longer and if we support them early on. One of the things we advocate here at Home Care Pulse is a caregiver mentor program. I did this with my home care uh, business as well um, way back when and had my senior uh, caregivers would help our new caregivers hired. Every week they would connect with them for the first 60 days. And they would, uh, they actually, when possible, it's not always possible, when possible, they would go out on their first shift, spend the first hour or two on their very first shift, just making sure they're comfortable. So they've got that connection. The senior caregivers I'm talking about are, are already raving fans of my home care company. They're, they, they really believe in what we're doing. And so getting those connections early on, that support. And then the training. Every month holding those trainings, we're getting to be, uh, technology is great. You know, what we're doing right now is great, you know, where we're connecting on, I mean, nationally, pretty amazing what we can do. But nothing can still replace that personal touch. And if you can do trainings every month where you bring your caregivers in-house, I know some of the rural markets, that's a little more of a challenge, but bring them in-house whenever possible. We would have two to three of the same trainings every month just so we could get everyone together and it was paid training we had our care coordinators coordinate schedules and we actually let our clients know that this is a priority of us right in the assessment that we have these monthly trainings that sometimes their 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 mom or dad may get a, a caregiver for an hour or two that would come in and and help them out so i know that's an additional cost but you get it comes back to you in the long run because you're retaining them more and those trainings, it's not all about skill training. It's about, um, say it is, the, the primary subject might be on transferring or dementia care, communication with those who have dementia. But every training, you should be spending the first 10 to 20 minutes on the emotional connection with those caregivers. So you're having your, your senior caregivers share uh, stories about, you know, what happened their previous month, things that connect to your core value as a company, talking about your core values, recognizing, spending that, that first you know, 10 to 20 minutes recognizing caregivers who are going above and beyond, giving out the gift cards, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, and then go into your training, into your skill training. Have food there. Make that a connection, an opportunity to connect to your caregivers. Those little things help, and that's part of the support and training. They kind of go hand in hand. And then the appreciation, having a, a, a recognition budget every month. If you are a larger company, you have field supervisors out there, give them a budget where they they can recognize. They know, okay, I've got $100. I've got to buy $10 gift cards, 10 of them. I'm going to recognize 10 caregivers this month for going above and beyond for for our core values. And, and formalizing, not standardizing, but formalizing that recognition. Making sure that it's that there's some it's documented that there's something to it. Uh, if you're just yeah, which which includes random recognition, you know, it just mm -hmm. you know that's the best time time to recognize is when they don't expect it. Um, I love that book Drive by Daniel Pink. He talks about this that people are more driven if they if they receive the more random recognition. But on the office side. They need to know when and how, and so that's how you formalize it. You know, when is the appropriate time? What's my budget to be able to do this? That kind of thing um, is really important. And then the uh, that. That, that piece yeah. makes me. I mean, all of it's great, but I, mm -hmm. the appreciation piece. These people oh, yeah, don't get huge. paid enough. I mean, I know Mark. You, you, it's a business. We have to run our business, and we have margins, and we have very low mm -hmm. margins. So you yeah. can't pay people what they really should probably be paid to do this difficult work. Um, but to just give them 
some small amount of appreciation, or maybe it's large at the end of the year, maybe you have a caregiver of the year out of all the people who've been recognized. Maybe they get a $500 bonus at the end of the year, or maybe whatever you can afford is fine, but that helps that person buy more groceries this month or buy something for themselves or their kids. Um, They're not expecting it. It's just that nice little something that helps them get through that week. Um, So I totally agree there. Absolutely. And so we're on to E. What's E? E, sorry, yes. (laughs) Engagement. Engagement. Engagement and getting them engaged, and that's more of the consistent. You take the first three, and you, and you just get consistent with those things. Mm-hmm. Is that especially the recognition, you know, yeah. and keeping that engagement. Mm-hmm. But uh, like in your trainings, engagement would also include role playing with with you with with the caregivers, um, raffle tickets. That's you know when they when they raise their hand on certain questions, and you throw out a, new, a raffle ticket at the end of the the training. You're doing a raffle or whatever. Engagement also includes your newsletters and spotlighting caregivers that they can see their peers. Um, engagement, you know, is is kind of the whole package as far as keeping them in tune with what's going on with the business, making sure that that they're treated like a you know the, an equal. Uh, in the business, that, that's a challenge that we see, unfortunately, with some home care providers. That we get feedback that they're being condescending to their 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 caregivers, and that they that loses engagement like nothing like nothing else is when they have a a supervisor who who just who thinks because of their position that they are are just better than their caregivers. They talk down to their caregivers. They get upset at their caregivers for. You know, sometimes, yeah, caregivers aren't perfect. They're, they're, they make mistakes. We know this. Um, but we, we just have to avoid talking down to them. We've got to treat them as equal because that's what they are. And they're doing a hard work. And, uh, and again, it also starts with the hiring process to make sure you're getting the right caregivers. But, uh, you know, the engagement is really the whole package. What are you doing to keep them engaged on the employee referral program? That's another way of keeping them engaged is that every time they're referring – someone that becomes that comes on board as a caregiver after they've had so many hours uh, I, I typically don't like to wait more than 30 days after they're referred someone that's come on as a caregiver uh, i want them to receive that payment within the first 30 days so try to make it whatever your parameters you're using make it within 30 days and make it big enough if you mean turnover is expensive oh, so if you can pay a caregiver yeah. that's referring another caregiver 250 dollars you're saving money, especially if you're keeping that caregiver longer than 12 months. Um, it's uh, it's worth spending that money, and that that also helps with engagement. So, you know, and remember, a happy caregiver is a happy client. So it all relates back to the client experience. That's awesome. Thank you so much because those are some of the things that you know. If we're if we don't hear this stuff over and over again. Some people are just mm-hmm. at the end of their rope and don't know, but that's why you guys are such a great re- resource too, because I Thank know you. that not only do you provide the services, but this is all stuff that you guys teach and mm-hmm. promote and help with along the way. So my, yeah, last- I find myself being repetitive, but <laughs> I have, I've made the decision that it's not, there's not a magic bullet. Um, when it comes to caregiver retention and the client experience, it is a full-blown, you know, we've got to have a, a strategies in different areas that help our business grow. And, and I, I, I share a lot of the same strategies because they work. You know, if people will just put them into practice and, and 
if you complicate it too much, then it never happens. So these are very simple things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Last question. What is the biggest missed opportunity for home care business owners? Okay. And I know this is going to hopefully not sound too repetitive, but That's okay. client client referrals, I think is the biggest lost opportunity is people get so pulled to the sidelines by the detractors. We, they're the squeaky wheels in our business. And that's, you know, we need to help them. Obviously, we need to try to rehabilitate them to become promoters. But there's some detractors that may not be right for our business, and, and maybe we need to refer them to our favorite three competitors. I don't know. But sometimes they are a detractor, and, and, and we're not serving them well by, you know, it's just not going to, we're not going to turn that around. And, and detractors tend to, to, to take our attention away from promoters. And what ends up happening is those promoters, those fans of our business who were once fans because we're neglecting them, they end up turning into passives and eventually they could end up turning into detractors, which hurts our really our, our ability to grow. And so if we can focus on our promoters and by one, making sure they're always getting a positive client experience and our passes too, they can, they're more easily to pull up into that promoter category. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you can get those focus on those promoters and one of the most competitive advantages that, that the leaders in the home care industry have is they open their mouths. They ask for the referrals. So many people are afraid to ask their existing clients or past clients for referrals. They don't have a referral campaign. They're so focused on you know, their home health partners and, and, and discharge planners and trustees, uh, trusted advisors, bank advisors, which is a great one, by the way, the people miss out on sometimes but they're so focused on these other referral sources that they're missing the greatest referral source right in front of them in fact it's the number one revenue generator based upon i believe i can't remember if we we tracked it our first year but at least eight years of data tells us that clients are the number one revenue generator meaning those that they refer generate more revenue for our business and so if we can build a client referral campaign you know, I use this example every quarter, send them a, a discount card that they can hand out to their friends and neighbors, three or four of them, with a letter stating, you know, outlining the program that if they hand this card out, they'll get 10% off a week's worth of service or 15% off a week's worth of service, and so will the person they refer. Just little things like that and, and keep it consistent, asking them for the referrals. If they're calling your your billing person about their bill and they're raving about their caregiver, um, Betty, who's been coming for a couple years, that billing person needs to be trained on how to ask for the referral. What a great opportunity right then to ask, you know, do you know anyone in your bridge club, do you know, you know, that could benefit from the services like you have? And I think it's important when you ask for referrals to remind them of the benefits that you provide, to remind them why you're asking for the referral, that you want others to benefit like they have. Um, and it's in, in, in the how you you ask as well, not just being so generic, trying to be as specific as possible. If you know they're part of a bridge club or they, they live in a, a neighbor, uh, a community where there's a lot of seniors, mm-hmm. try to be specific to that kind of network that they already are aware of. Um, but again, I think the competitive edge, I know some people would say something different. You know, what is the, the biggest missed opportunity? Um, some might say, you know, obviously we've talked about caregiver uh, retention, obviously a big opportunity. But for me personally, I just see that people are missing out on that low. It's not it, it really it is low hanging fruit is you've got promoters out there who love what you do and have benefited from it. 
tap into them as a referral source um, is, I think, a great way to to grow your business. If you can say your clients are your number one referral source, that says a lot about your agency. It does. Oh, absolutely. And it should yeah. be that way. Um, you yeah. know, and, and we, you know, I, I feel like we never do enough. Um, but, but even for any business, your, your referrals are, should be your number one source of business, usually pretty small business mm-hmm. anyway. So yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm learning from you, even though I'm not technically in the home care business, of course we need to recognize our promoters more. And we need to ask for testimonials more. So when that billing person is on the phone and they say something amazing or you get that email that talks about how wonderful Mary is when she, you know, how much mom loves it when Mary comes to the house. Thank you so much. That's an opportunity to turn that into not only a referral, but also a testimonial for you, whether it's your website or your Facebook or wherever you want to put it. Um, But ask, can we use your kind words to tell others, you know, how, Mm-hmm. Much you, pre- you love our services, we would we would be thrilled, and you know take out the names and just put in initials and do it. So use yeah. those those promoters in every way you can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so absolutely. That, a great advice. And Aaron, thank I want to thank you so much for being the on the partner. show today. This was thank fun. You so I'm much. sorry you looked at a, a little teeny camera hole this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Hey, you know, as long as you can hear me and they can see at least my, you know, the bottom half of my nose, I don't know. I'm not sure what you're looking at, but, uh, but I appreciate uh, you having me and everyone joining on. So thank you so much. Thanks a lot. We love what you do, Valerie. All right. We'll talk to you soon and I'll send you the replay. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.